And people wonder why the U.S. healthcare system is dysfunctional. It's just like we lift up the hood and we're there to help them to fix it. We're there sort of we're, we're like the plumbers and the electricians and we're like, let us rip off the, you know, the siding of your house and show us what's going on behind there and we'll fix it for you. But don't hide it because then we can't fix it. Excited today to be here with Joseph Schneier, the CEO of Trusty Care. Welcome, Joe. It's great to be here, Josh. Joe, maybe just as a starting point, you could tell us a little bit about Trusty Care, where you guys fit into the overall insurance and insure tech landscape. So Trusty Care is a company that sells into the health insurance sector, and we've developed an enterprise SaaS solution that um, connects up sales, marketing, and member engagement um, for health insurers that distribute Medicare, Medicaid, and marketplace um, health insurance products, um, which is especially important. And now I know a lot of people are not familiar with these insurance products, especially people from the insure tech space. Um, but these insurance health insurance products are sold directly to consumers. Um, so they're not distributed through employers. Um, and it's a, it, like a lot of other types of insurance products, uh, a fragmented uh, distrib distribution network. Um, so it actually has a lot of the same dynamics in terms of distribution that a lot of the other types of insurance have. Um, and a lot of the same challenges that other um, forms of insurance have had historically. Um, we like to say that we're sort of the, uh, we're about 10 years behind life insurance, if that gives everyone else in your network some frame of reference of uh, where we're at as an industry. So if you happen to be working from home or up late at night watching TV, are these some of the plans you see marketed through commercials? Medicare is health insurance that's for people, primarily people over the age of 65, um, although 15% of it are for people under the age of 65 that have some kind of chronic condition. Um, Medicaid are low-income individuals, and then marketplace plans are otherwise known as Obamacare plans, um, self-employed individuals or people who work for small businesses. And what's surprising is that it's those people that total amount of people is about 150 million Americans. So one thing um, I've been saying to people is that a uh, sort of unknown fact about America is that we have one of the largest socialized healthcare systems in the world, um, which uh, people don't really think about, but it is it is actually a, a really large percentage of Americans that get their um, major medical insurance um, through a system that is in some way connected to government insurance. Um, and uh, what's also usually unknown is that most of these plans are administered through private insurers. So the government may be paying for it in, or in some way backing these insurance plans to some extent, um, but the plans themselves are being managed by a private insurer. So you're still going and getting your plan from an Aetna or Humana um, even though it's related to the to the government. Um, and yeah, a lot of them are marketed um, through television ads. I call them the Joe Namath ads are the most famous ones. Um, <laughs> so I actually made some rules and <laughs> around that related to that. It, uh, I mistakenly at some point put my, called one of those phone numbers, which I recommend no one 
ever do that because you will have to change your phone number at some point. So your background has a lot of work related to healthcare and then also, you know, some different social issues and things like that. So like in terms of the origin of this business, was it sort of a combination of those things that led to seeing this opportunity and wanting to work on it? I, I have been working, um, running technology companies since 2003. Um, all of them have been connected to uh, regulated industries. Um, they've all happened to have some social impact uh, element to them. When I first started, that wasn't really language that I even knew about. I just happened to be drawn to um, building businesses that had some positive impact on the world. But it wasn't. It, it wasn't even like sort of intentional. That it just sort of part of just, I guess, the, the makeup of who I am. Um, my first businesses were in the educational technology sector, um, and I did a lot of work around behavioral change, um, looking at models of how you rapidly accelerate learning um, a, in lots of different ways. Things like, how do you um, build products that uh, accelerate how an American um, learns a foreign language. So Americans don't believe they can learn foreign languages. So how do you change that belief system? And um, that's actually that's how I got into healthcare. Um, I started working with these behavioral research scientists around patient behavioral change after I sold uh, the last company in education. Um, and they saw what I was doing in education, and they said, you know, maybe we can apply that to healthcare. Um, how do we change patients? thinking around what they're capable or believing that they were capable of doing. Um, and that was my first foray into the healthcare space. Um, was really direct work with patients in what would now be called and uh, work around value-based care. Um, and uh, did a bunch of work in that sector for a while, did a bunch of international work in healthcare, um, pandemic work in Saudi Arabia during e e Ebola, like just a, a lot of different things. Um, and then I ran a, a company that was doing um, workforce uh, training, digital training um, for frontline healthcare workers um, in, in long-term care spaces. Um, so selling into skilled nursing facilities, um, um, home health care. And that got me uh, like really deep into this elder care sector and getting to know what was going on in the Medicare um, and Medicaid um universe um and then started trusty care in 2018 um and trusty care really started based on a lot of the learnings we had from uh the last company um I, seeing what was happening in that population and some of the challenges that were the people as they were moving into retirement faced um and especially related to out-of-pocket healthcare costs and the challenges that they faced moving through retirement so um that's kind of how we how we got the initial inspiration to start the company was really born out of a lot of the the research and um, and what we saw coming out of that last company. So when 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 you mentioned that that this segment of the industry is about ten years behind life insurance, um, was any element of that referring to tech stack and technology investment? Um, and if so, could you speak to that and how you've approached it with trustee care? 
And people wonder why the U.S. healthcare system uh, is dysfunctional. It's just like, you know, they we lift up the hood and we're there to help them to fix it, right? We're there sort of, we're, we're like the, the plumbers and the electricians and we're like, just let us rip off the, you know, the siding of your house and show us what's going on behind there and we'll fix it for you, but don't hide it because then we can't fix it, right? <laughs> um, and there, it's just, it's it's messy behind there. Um, and so just, just as an example, and uh, 99% of the time, um, we the way we pass data to a health insurer is through an SFTP server. Um, uh, and if we say to somebody, like, we need to use an API, there it's like dead in the water. It is actually, I think, a screener question that they ask companies to see whether or not you know anything about the industry. Um, on the broker side, which we work with as well, um, still about 80% of the applications that are being sent into the health plan are sent in on PDFs. Um, so it still is mostly OCR to CSV file to a uh, SFTP server. That is like the primary method. And it's a lot of printing things out and re-entering them into a new system. There's a lot, a lot of the stuff we're doing is just getting disparate systems that don't talk to each other to start to talk to each other. Um, and and I, we have a real commitment to that. We had a lot of investors early on say they wanted to fund us to to essentially create a new data silo. Like how do you how do you guys hold on to new data? And we we were just like we are we are philosophically opposed to that. We're we're not we that is what healthcare does not need. We what we need is new ways to create conduits of data to pass through this system more fluidly. What from a IP perspective, we need to be treating data differently. Like yeah. we need we need to be the ones who handle our data properly, but we don't need to be holding data as yeah. as, our, as our and um and I think that that's a, a critical uh, shift that needs to happen in the mindset of both the vendors and and the healthcare system at large. Someone who is a serial entrepreneur who has built successful products, built successful businesses, are there particular lessons learned that you took away from those past experiences? One thing I think that people sometimes overlook is, you know, try to build a business that fits who you are as a person. I would never build a direct-to-consumer, flashy um, brand forward business. It's just would be impossible for me. It's just not, yeah. not gonna not gonna work if it can't do that. Um, and I think sometimes people don't think about things like that. Um, one piece of advice I would give my younger self um, as a leader that I that I definitely know now is you know you're not gonna make people happy, and your your job is not to make every investor that you talk to that you're uh that is uh that you have a call with uh love your business um lots of people are going to be upset with you and it's okay and you don't have to you don't have to make everybody happy all the time um and um and it's okay to lead your company who you are with the, the authenticity authenticity of who you are as a human being um 
you don't have to uh, pretend to be a different leader than the leader that you are and just find um find people around you who who can complement um who you are um and i think people try to to play the role that they see um you know of on twitter of other ceos or they see when they go to conferences instead of leaning into their own strengths and then finding other people around them um and then last thing I would say is as a person who had some significant health challenges in the past couple of years because of pushing myself way too hard. Uh, and I am the kind of person who constantly had been saying, yeah, 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 work-life balance, who cares, you know, blah, blah, blah. And as a person who's getting older, I cannot stress enough how important it is to find even a small amount of time for yourself. Um, it, it will always feel like it is not the right time, but you, you really need to make some time um, to to slow down weekly. Um, and it will never feel right. It will always feel uncomfortable, um, but it is important. All right, Joe. Well, thanks so much. Uh, appreciate having you on. Joseph Schneier, CEO of Trusty Care. It's been great. Yep. Great to talk to you guys. I'll talk to you soon.